Extinction in sports. It makes you yearn for the past. Stone Labanowitz hit the open. On your mark. Get set. Go! You are listening to Ken Levick Alive. What? Did we just become best friends? Yup. You want to go do karate in the garage? Yup. Turn it up. Turn it up. Now, live from the Anajar and Levine Accident Attorney Studios, it's Ken Levick Alive on ESPN 1063. Baseball fans, a staple of your sport is going away, disappearing like the dinosaur, dying out like the dodo, and I've run out of examples. Ken Levick alive on a Wednesday here on ESPN 106.3, free ESPN app and on your smart speaker. And a John Levine Accident Attorney Studios, downtown West Palm Beach, Phillips Point Towers, right off of the... Very heavy aired and sunburny intercoastal. Stone the Banowitz Friday Night Lights runs this catastrophe until 2 o'clock. Wednesday means she is here. She is the Dominican Queen of ESPN 106.3. It is Jeanette Javier who gave me a quizzical look when I brought up the dodo bird. Have you never heard of the dodo bird? I've been called a dodo before, but... Well, a I'm dodo assuming bird. it has something to do with that. It's an extinct bird. Uh, Stone, you gave me the similar look when I mentioned the dodo. Do you know of the dodo bird? I did not give you the similar look. I totally oh, okay. know what a dodo bird okay. is. And that is the exact reason you were called a dodo yes. bird. It's just a... An extinct it's object? A, dead, a tiny brain bird. Yes. Yeah, tiny brain bird looked dopey, and yeah. now it's dead. Thank you. It's been dead for a couple hundred years now. And that so. part I agree yeah. with. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, but uh, the, the, it, what I'm getting at is is Jeff Passan, the baseball writer at ESPN. He wrote a story that came out today. It's on the front page of ESPN.com right now about the death of the starting pitcher. Because gone are the days of a Don Drysdale throwing 150 pitches per outing most outings are a complete game, or at least that's the goal. And now baseball is a bunch of starting pitchers, for the most part, that go five and two-thirds, maybe even less. And then they give it up to the bullpen. And each hitter has a pitcher assigned to him, situational pitchers. The bullpen has become extremely rotational. And then you get to your closer. But very rarely... Do you any longer have the eight innings of work from that horse on the mound, towing the rubber and just mowing people down at the plate? And then you bring in your closer, done deal, wrap it up. There's a win in the books, and you head to the clubhouse. The starting pitcher, because of the money spent, because of durability concerns, because the nature of pitching requires more torque on the elbow and uh, more abuse of the shoulder. And because it's become much more analytical with matchups, those reasons have all combined to basically kill off the starting pitcher. And Jeff Passan, he's right. There is very little more satisfying to me in baseball than seeing a guy go deep into the eighth, crowd on its feet, two strikes, two outs, trying to get out of a jam at 130, 135 pitches and ringing a guy up strike three to go back to the dugout as the crowd goes crazy. Like that, that 
is good baseball. That's good stuff. But it's like in the the NBA playoffs, Jeanette. Like, Jimmy Butler basically played all four quarters of the last four Heat games against the Celtics. Got no rest whatsoever. The equivalent of the baseball starting pitcher right now is if Jimmy Butler, at the six-minute mark of each quarter, Spo just said, "Uh, Jimmy, take a seat. Uh, Jimmy, take a seat. Jimmy, take a seat. But we're down 12. Uh, Take a seat. The analytics are telling us, your money is telling us, hey, you got to take a seat. And it is a little bit annoying. You like to see athletes go down and even when they're exhausted, push through, fight, and get the job done, right? Absolutely. Adds to the kind of super athlete story behind it. Adds more drama, a spectacle to the athlete and overall story of the reason why you're watching the game. And the money that these guys are getting paid, you want to see them go at least seven innings, right? You want to see him gut it through an eighth, maybe even finish off a complete game. It would make you feel better about the money that gets thrown around in baseball. Yeah, I'm a little confused, though, because you're on the side of the argument, but but a couple months ago when Clayton Kershaw was pitching a no-hitter, you wanted to put him down on the bench. Well, I wanted to see him horse through, throw that no-hitter. He's getting paid millions and millions upon dollars. But if if he was fully healthy and it was June, okay. He but said this he was, felt great. But it was in April and he was coming off of missing almost all of spring training. So do you want him to throw seven or eight innings in August and be that horse? Or do you want him to hurt himself trying to be that horse? I like I like that we're going the horse route here, too. Oh, I love it. That, I don't know why I'm doing that. That horse in April because I would prefer the horse in August as opposed to the horse in April. Wonderful horses. The horse is everywhere. But if he's feeling good, I think that's a great story. He was out during spring training. He's back. If he's feeling good, if he's feeling up to it, let them do the the no-hitter. What's the issue with that? Post-game press conference, he said, I felt great, but ultimately Mm -hmm. it's not my decision. I understand where he's coming from, and I understand the logistics and the analytics. I get it, but I felt good, and I could have gone the rest of the way. But he didn't. But this is what I'm saying. The nature of baseball, Dave Roberts wants to keep his job. Dave Roberts' job, the manager of the Dodgers, is really contingent upon Clayton Kershaw being healthy to be a horse in August, September, October, as opposed to April against the Cincinnati Reds. It was the Reds, right? Uh... it wasn't the Reds. It was it was some other down and out team because it was, it was <laughs> some other crap. Fest. It wasn't the Mariner. It might have been the Minnesota Twins. Uh, if I remember be. correctly, could be. Yeah, and then oh, you you denied the fans the opportunity to see a no hitter. But that led me on this as an opposing fan, as a yes. fan seeing my team getting no hit. I don't want my team to get no hit. I'm glad he got pulled from the game. And anybody who is an opposing fan of the pitcher throwing a no-hitter who's cheering for that pitcher to throw a no-hitter in my world, in my sports world, isn't really a fan. Jeanette, I was the one he's calling not a real fan. If I'm a fan of the Minnesota Twins and our team absolutely stinks and the best pitcher in baseball comes into your stadium and throws a no-hitter, I'm loving it. Like this is the best. Because he was a part of history. He saw history, so he's happy. Me, yeah. I saw my team face plant. I want nothing of it. And chances are, I've probably left before the ninth inning. <laughs> it was with you guys that we were on the show that Russell Westbrook went off against the Orlando Magic. He had like 70 po- 72 points a game or something. That whoa. So it was something. It was an absurd number. He did not have 72 points. <laughs> it, was, it was something obnoxious. And you guys were like, "Oh my God, he had such a great game!" Da 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 da. And I was like. It was against the worst team in the East 
right now. It was against the Orlando Magic. And I was not excited about it. No, no, should you? Because you're a real fan. Stone, Stone is just a bandwagon jumper. Uh, whoa. You know, if LeBron... You know, I agree with that because I have not heard you say proudly, I like this team, this team, no, and this team. No, because he likes... He likes individuals. He yeah, I love individuals. A total Gen Z when was, it comes to this. It drives Ill. me insane. I just think Oh, if- I look LeBron. Oh, I want to see a no hitter. Ooh, I like tennis. Individuals. Ooh. He can't align himself and golf. with the team. And yeah, go- and golf. golf. Well. Right. He can't For align sure. himself with the team at all, and it drives me insane. I can never fully see eye to eye with Stone on sports because it's always about this one moment. Or it's about this one player. It's never about the team. I'm tribalistic. I have my teams. Yeah, you are. Heat, Dolphins, White Sox. Those are my teams. FAU. You just have dudes. And I, I remember your argument Bros. was if, Bros. You, if you were, you would, I, I don't remember what the analogy you used was, but you wanted Michael Jordan to get hurt if, if you were an opposing mm-hmm. team on the Bulls and he came to town and he was scoring 50 on you in the playoffs. Yeah, you were like, his ankle. You, yeah, that's exactly what it was. It's He's, like Kendrick Perkins was talking about yeah, before it, game seven against mm-hmm. the Cavaliers. Uh, what was it, 2009? Yeah. Uh, he was hoping that LeBron in pregame warm-ups tore his ACL. And, and yeah. J.J. Redick, it was on J.J. Redick's <laughs> podcast. Yeah. J.J. Redick's like, no. Yeah, you're talking about an ankle, right? Kendrick Perkins is like, no. <laughs> I wish he tore his ACL. But all I'm saying <laughs> is, is that the starting pitcher, whether you like it or not, it is indeed, and Jeff Passan lays it out extremely well, the reasons why, the traditional starting pitcher that horse, the guy that you ride through eight innings, maybe even nine for a complete game, that air is dead, and it ain't coming back. There's too much money involved. There's too many durability concerns. There are too many analytics and matchups to play. The traditional starting pitcher, the Randy Johnson, the guy who gets up into 150, 155 pitches, it's just not happening anymore. And it got me thinking, what else? is either becoming extinct or is completely extinct in sports that you miss dearly. And I don't know why I I immediately went to this, but I desperately miss the Super Bowl having its own individual logo. I am weird as hell, but I love uniforms. I love logos. I love creative design. I don't think it's weird. I don't think it's weird either. The last Super Bowl to have its own own individual custom-made logo was the Saints Colts Super Bowl down here in South Florida. Since then, every single other Super Bowl logo has been the NFL creating a cookie-cutter logo that has the same design as the year before, just the different Roman numerals, and then they add the name of where the city or the region that the Super Bowl is being played on the bottom of the logo. Since South Florida have the Saints and the Colts. The Super Bowl logo has not changed. And honestly, I think it's nonsense. And it's why the NFL drives me crazy because they have a good thing. They have a good thing, but they've got to make it as corporate as possible. I was and I say, don't understand. Is it. it a rights thing? I don't know. Like, can they not give it up? I honestly think it's just lazy. I don't know the reason for it. And honestly, I think it helps them market it more because someone potentially gets confused about the Roman numerals and so it looks they look like each other. So fine. We'll sell the hat from last year and people will buy it up. People will gobble it up. People will scoop it up. No big deal. Make our money. Corporate NFL. Greed, greed, greed. Capitalism, capitalism, capitalism. I hate it. 
I want the custom Super Bowl logos to come back. Like in Arizona this year, it's just going to be the silver, silver or chrome Roman numerals. It'll say uh, uh, Tucson on the bottom of it. Mm-hmm. I want a cactus logo. I was just about to say cactus. I want a cactus. Because it takes me back like on a starter jacket. That yeah. purple, it's got the cactus, purple, yeah. yellow, whatever colors it's got going. I'm what, with you. Could you look up the Roman numerals real quick of what the Super Bowl is going to be, Stone? I don't even remember the number of what the Super Bowl is going to be. But I want a cactus. In fact, I want the Roman numerals to be cactuses. Cacti. Cacti, thank you. That is the plural of cactus. I miss it. I miss that from sports. Just like the starting pitcher is going extinct, the Super Bowl logo not being its own individual artistic entity, just being a corporate chrome version, same thing every year, I can't stand it. What is something that is either going extinct or extinct in sports that you miss? 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. You can tweet at us at KLV1063. That's 888-760-3776. Much like the starting pitcher, I also miss the bullpen car. Because I'm old enough to remember... See. Okay, fine. They put palm trees in it. Or is that last year's? Why would they put palm trees in Arizona, Stone? Uh, they haven't made, actually, Arizona's yet. Oh, okay. So there's, like, a default one, but it's not the one they're going to use. Got it's- it. Got it. It's it's going to be the chrome numbers. Now, um, I'm old enough to remember when the re- uh, relievers were brought out of the bullpen in a cart. Basically a glorified golf cart. I lied. That ruled. The Here's, bullpen cart's awesome. This is uh, February 2023. This is what they're using for see, Arizona. Still, yeah, that's pretty easy. You just, just go into the letters and Photoshop. Right. And they painted a little like, canyon there. in there, but you, it's not put like a background 20 on minutes it. on Photoshop. Right, right. Yeah. But it's the block chrome design. Like, it's stupid. Give the me font's cacti. the same, too. Give me cacti. Yeah, it's it's all the same. It never changes. It's so boring. But I miss bullpen cars as well in baseball. I'm old enough to remember it. I'm not ashamed to say it. But what do you miss... What has gone extinct or is going extinct in sports that you miss? 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. Now, Jeanette, your favorite basketball player of your magic life is whom? Shaq. I get the sense there's never going to be the type of center like Shaq that plays in the NBA ever again. No. There's no... the. Position of that big man, that huge center Total in the middle. back to the basket, bully. Can't, can't shoot outside of the paint. His sole focus <laughs> is the band there and the block people. Right. I want, I miss that guy. That guy was no human. You looked out in the court and you were scared of. Jeanette would have been great as an 80s basketball fan with just big, bulky masses of humanity in the paint. Playing on the block. Defending the rim, incapable of shooting outside of six feet. A nope. mid-range jumper for a center was like seeing Haley's Comet. That's <laughs> that's what Jeanette wants. And she wants a center who can't shoot free throw. No, because then you're not a good center. <laughs> to me, that was part of the expectation. Uh-huh. You're not a good center if you can shoot a three-pointer. Sorry. Now, not qualified. Now in the NBA, it's confusing because you ideally want a five who can also maybe play the four. Yes. Or a four who can maybe play the five. And with Giannis, when's he going to shoot the three consistently? Bam Adebayo, when's he going to shoot the three consistently? Imagine ever asking that question of any center 
in the early 90s. No way. No way. I imagine guys like Brooke Lopez nowadays who actually shoots the three at a high clip. Right. Like there are guys that... High percentage yeah. centers from beyond the arc. Uh-uh. Jeanette's done with that. She Stupid. wants the big, bulky man center. And I'm sorry, that's never coming back to the NBA. So my mommy, she's a huge 90s basketball fan. And she refuses to watch basketball with me when I go visit her in Orlando. Because you're too... For that reason. Yeah. She just goes, and I told her to stop watching it with me because all she would say is like, I, back in the 90s, we'd have these big guys come in and da-da-da. So all she would talk about was how much more of a spectacle basketball was because of that dude, that giant in the middle. Yeah. So yeah. I completely understand, like, if you're stuck in 90s basketball, it's not, and you love that center, it's not going to get any better. Like, let me give you an example. It, it, growing up as a Bulls fan in the glory years for the Bulls, the first three championships, uh, you had Will Purdue as the clunky, couldn't do anything center other than sit at the rim. He didn't do anything other than that. And then your mid range jumper center was Bill Cartwright because he could shoot it from 12 feet. He had a really awkward shot. His free throw, uh, uh, his free throw form was atrocious, but he could hit him. He was like the sharpshooter center, and then you had the big bulky, bulky play within six inches of the rim center in Will Purdue. Second go around, Luke Longley was the uh, plant himself at the rim. Bill Wennington could step back and hit the ten to twelve yeah. foot jumper. Those were the Bulls centers. That's what teams did. You had your shooting center who shot from twelve feet, or your bulky center. <laughs> who did nothing but sit at the rim. That's what I want. That's the NBA that Jeanette misses. Now, Stone's a baby. I'm curious to see where he goes with this. Fresh-faced 23-year-old, what he misses in sports because he only knows, really, modern sports. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. all he knows. And I think that was the angle that 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 helped me create my choice, and it's brawls. I, I, I get so... <laughs> I, I get... And, and it, it came up... A, Last week in the Seattle Mariners and Los Angeles Angels game where it was the bench-clearing brawl, and I got excited, right? I saw it on my Twitter timeline. I clicked on it. You got 30 dudes, 40 dudes, coming up in a pile, and nobody's throwing a punch. And I just, I'm like, this is where we're at nowadays. Like, I was able, never able to experience a guy getting hit with the pitch and charged in the mound. I've never seen it with my own eyes yet. And in hockey, the ref literally referees a fight. Like, it's take the gloves off. You can knock somebody out. First one to go down to the ground is when the fight's over. And I'm like, this is out of all the sports. If you throw a punch in a football game, you're getting fined $75,000. But even in hockey, it's not as good as it used to be. Mm-mm. Even so, but at least I they get used to, to experience damn well let it. let him go until someone was incapacitated on the ice. <laughs> See, there it, was blood splashed yeah, everywhere. So I remember that. So you guys are saying teeth that. Teeth sprayed all over the boards. <laughs> you weren't a hockey player unless you had a tooth missing. Oh, I mean, they all have teeth missing. But me as 23 years, a 23-year-old. Like the Quebec Nordiques and the Minnesota North Stars slugging it out back I've in the day. I've never seen it. And it's something that I think about often when I watch these baseball players just kind of, I don't know, run at each other and talk and yell. You know what? And because there is, I mean, you skipped over basketball because there used to be brawls and fisticuffs and and hooks thrown all the time in the NBA before just drawing something at somebody or earning you a technical. And you know what turned that was the, the Derek Harper, JoJo English, Bulls, Knicks playoff fight where this was 94, this was during MJ's retirement, and first quarter of a playoff game uh, in Chicago, 
Derek Harper puts JoJo English in a headlock and flings him three rows into the stands right in front of the commissioner, (laughs) knocking fans over. There's a huge pile of players that, uh, I mean, there were kids in the crowd that were getting piled up on, and it was all in front of David Stern. And that was the point where a lot of that changed, where they were trying to eliminate any sort of punches, fighting, anything like that. That's a great one. Brawls, like the true sports brawl. Like in baseball, Nolan Ryan skull-punching Robin Ventura over and over and over again. That doesn't happen anymore. There's very few punches thrown. It's usually wrestling or guys just pretending they're going after somebody. In the NBA, someone bumps someone or grabs a jersey. That's a technical foul. Uh, Or someone gets ejected. Stone Stone misses the days of the brawl. I need of the to, sports brawl. That was pretty good. I need to take you to a baseball game of the Dominican Republic. Oh, yeah. yeah that's <laughs> what happened you want to see a couple brawls? Yeah. I, last, a couple weeks ago was the first time I've in ever seen... In the stadium, seen... in the parking lot. Everywhere. <laughs> Everywhere. <laughs> last week was the first time I've seen the Malice in the Palace where Ron Artest last week? ran up the, the, the stairs. The I've the seen clips. I've seen the clip. But I've never seen the backstory, why it happened, what happened after, what followed. Gotcha. Never seen all that, but I, I got to watch that. But like I said, I've seen it. But like, imagine somebody right now, like somebody calls Russell Westbrook, Russell Westbrook, and he's putting his finger in his face. Yeah, that's it. Like, yeah, that's, that's all it. we got. Now, Mike Golick, when he was on with Greenberg, Mike and Mike, he would always complain about baseball fights. That all it was was a bunch of guys with jackets on pulling away people. Yeah, nobody actually threw punches. Nobody actually made contact with anybody. That's what was going on last it was, week. Hold me back. Hold me back. Well, hold me back. Well, now you got dudes throwing sunflower seeds. Yeah. In packages, not yeah. even like outside of the box of the bags. You know what? I kind of like where that is going, though. If we can start a trend. Baseball players, if you're not going to throw punches, just see how far you can launch the snacks out of the dugout. Oh, no, The gum, the sunflower seeds. Just see how far you can launch that stuff. No, don't do that. It's an injustice to everyone else because then everybody else is going to get hungry and they got to go out and pick up the snacks. (laughs) They got to go pick up the snacks. Send out the rookies to pick up the snacks off the field. What is dying? What is extinct in sports that you miss? I miss the Super Bowl logo being individualized. Different every single year. Jeanette misses the traditional basketball center, and Stone misses old school sports brawls. What do you miss that is dead or dying in sports? All this off Jeff Passan writing his story today, ESPN.com, that the traditional starting pitcher is dying. 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. And you can tweet at us, at KLV1063. That's at KLV1063. What is dying or extinct in sports that you miss? 888-760-3776. We'll hit up social media when we come back. Also, when we return, are we really focusing on exhibition games and making a big deal out of it to a point where it's first on my sports timeline? What are we doing? She's Jeanette Javier. I'm Ken Levick. I'm live on ESPN 106.3. From the Anajar and Levine Studios in downtown West Palm Beach, you are listening to Ken LaVica Live on ESPN 106.3. Jeff Passan writes today at ESPN, starting pitchers as we knew them are dying. Not literally, but the act of starting pitching deep into games, 140, 150 pitches, those days are done. Also... 
For me, I lament the death of the individualized Super Bowl logo. Roger Goodell released the logo from its boring, stale, chrome, Roman numeraled prison. Do it, Goodell. Jeanette misses the old school center. The center that couldn't do anything outside of five feet. The center that just wanted to attack the rim. Mm -hmm. Usually pretty hairy. Can't make a free throw. Don't want him to. Jeanette <laughs> You know what? He's not a, a real center. He's no, not a real 90 center. He's not authentic. Yeah. Jeanette, Jeanette wants the old school center. She wants hook shots or nothing else. Go home. And then Stone, Friday Night Lights. He misses the brawl, the sports brawl. He wants an NBA back where you could throw punches, where you could toss someone to the floor without even getting a technical. Now you just look at someone the wrong way and you get teed up. What is going extinct or has outright died in sports that you miss? 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. Aaron Levitt tweets, The excitement of watching SportsCenter when highlights weren't instantly accessible on the internet or social media. Now that is That's gold. Cool. Because That's good. every single highlight you see on SportsCenter, chances are you've already seen them on your phone. Five different times. Yeah. Like there were times I would, I mean, most of the time when I was in junior high, I would wake up not knowing yes. what the baseball scores were yet. And oh. you would just watch highlight package after highlight package after highlight package. Those were the days right there with Dan Patrick and Keith Olbermann giving you the baseball highlights from the night before. That is just great stuff. That's and stuff. Man. Brings back a lot. Uh, Gerald tweets, NFL Draft Day 1 on Saturdays. None of this Thursday stuff. Rounds 1 through 4 on Saturday. Started at 9 a.m. and you get rolling. Now, me, <laughs> I was still in college to experience this, and that was a lot better. A lot better than a Thursday night first pick, 8 o'clock. Uh -uh. Because, uh, why? Because if your team drafted somebody you liked, you were able to party and drink? Like Yes, it's, it's drinking is a big part of that. Because no one's getting sloppy on a Thursday night with one round of the draft. <laughs> Instead, you had four rounds of the draft, and you were drunk by 10 a.m. It was perfect. Wrong. You can absolutely be sloppy drunk Thursday at 8 p.m. watching the well, draft. Uh, you could. For yes. one player, the Lions draft one guy, and you're like, huzzah, cheer. No, it's not huzzah. the same. Did you just drop a huzzah? Yeah, because that's what Lions fans do. Oh, my God. I, if what? I weren't, was I sober during the draft pick? Yeah, I was sober during the draft pick for the Orlando Magic. For the, I, yeah. yeah, I would have downed the bottle of wine yeah. absolutely on a Thursday night. Um, by the way, Stone, who is the uh, who's the Vegas favorite to win the Rookie of the Year in the NBA? Paolo Banquero. Yes, sir. Paolo Banquero. Now, in, in a text today, Stone said that that makes you tingly, Jeanette, but I counter with Jeanette. Only likes white guys. Mm. Well, he's a little light skin to him. Well, it made me tingly because of thinking the Orlando Magic might actually be recognized mm. as something beyond one yeah. of the worst teams well, in the NBA this season. That's, that's a great. reason to be tingly, but all I'm saying is like physically, I don't think not that my type at all. No, right, right definitely. Not. Yeah, plus three fifty, some low odds though. I mean, I think I think there's a real chance that he hoists that whatever that trophy looks like. But hey, with that bank account, what up? I can make a few exceptions, <laughs> but. We also have, have I gave Stone thirty dollars to invest in a in a, <laughs> uh -huh. some absurd bet. Uh -huh. And we considered the idea that this would be it. It's not. It's not gonna be my bet okay. for Paolo to get 
play the rookie of the year. So that investment still being discussed here. Yeah, it wasn't enough. Still in negotiations. Yeah, it was going to be like hundred and twenty dollars. Yeah, whatever it was. The whatever it was. Wasn't ROI. Enough. Wasn't enough. What no, wasn't enough. No. We're shooting for the stars. Yeah. Shooting for the stars. Okay, good. Good. That that should make you feel real good about this. Very tingly. Shooting, Very tingly. Shooting for the stars is the official line of the crypto bros. No How's crypto pun, going right now? No pun intended with the magic and the stars. Oh, yes, yes, well, the, yes, yes. Well done. All right. And it's shoot shoot for the moon. Shoot for the moon, you're right. For the I crypto even bros. that too. Trying to take a shot at crypto, and I ended up failing. What is what is something that is dead or dying that you miss in sports? 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. Chuck texts in, uh, the cigarette manufacturer sponsoring NASCAR races. I, I do remember the days where it was the Winston Cup. Good old cigarettes in NASCAR. It was a perfect marriage. And it hasn't been that way for quite some time. There was something gritty and smoky about it. Didn't the cig- don't did, especially Marlboro? I remember the cowboy look, heavenly mm-hmm. playing. Didn't they have like a chokehold in America, like Literally in the early nineties? Yes, because <laughs> growing <laughs> up in the Dominican Republic, that was my image of America. That Marlboro man and those cigarettes and everything. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. They absolutely did. I mean, scoreboards having massive cigarette logos all over the place. Like, that was that was sports. Uh, I'm not a, a smoker, never have been, but NASCAR especially, the Winston Cup, like, how can you go wrong with that? That's when Perfect. NASCAR was NASCAR. That's when Richard Petty is dominating. That's the king right there. Also, Chuck texts in, having a friend with an illegal cable box so you could watch Mike Tyson fights. There's a new way to do that now. I feel like that technique hasn't completely gone away. No, but it's different now because you can just pull up an illegal stream online. There was actual effort that had to go into finding the friend with the cable box or trying to make out what was happening in the fight through fuzz, like green, purple, and yeah. white fuzz <laughs> when you didn't actually get the channel, but you still could could turn it on the, uh, the, the Showtime channel that the the fight was showing when you're trying to discern bodies and what's happening and trying to get some sort of audio so that guy at school was kind of like the drug dealer like oh we're going to brad's later he's he was got the plug. he's got the mike Ty- yeah he's, he's he was the plug, the plug. Yeah. He's, he's got the mike tyson uh, fight absolutely tonight. now okay that, that seems pretty nostalgic that's I, cool i also do miss hbo boxing hbo always had the tyson fights and the biggest fights and holyfield and george foreman and all of that and jim lampley calling the fights i miss that HBO hasn't had boxing for a couple of years now, and it's sad. DAZN is not the same. It's just not the same. <laughs> ESPN boxing, not the same. Yeah, we don't want Stephen A. and Max Kellerman. No, HBO is the pinnacle. And uh, now that HBO doesn't have boxing, I do think that lends a little bit to how Jake Paul has been able to just take over the boxing game. For sure, especially when it came to all the smack talk. Smack talking uh. in the golden era of boxing Elite. That's where I think McGregor got his idea from all these stupid the 80s, Logan brothers. 80s and 90s boxing, yeah. I the mean, smack talk was incredible. Absolutely. Let's go to Martin in Boynton. Martin kicks us off on the phones here on Ken Levick Alive. What's going on, Martin? Not much, guys. Um, you got me reminiscing, thinking about the last couple of decades. One, one thing I really, really miss that's dying in sports 
is when stadiums had like you know vicious great name, like the Great Western Forum, Joe Robbie Stadium. You know, the, like I mean, I'm, I'm too young to know like the Polo Grounds. You know, the Polo Grounds, but no field, corporate, like that. no corporate sponsors on them. Exactly, and. It, it really reminds me, and I know you guys are probably going to make fun of me. You know, there was um, there was a movie called Baseball back in the nineties. Mm-hmm. In the beginning, it's in Bob the beginning, Costas it talks about greatest all. acting role. Bob Costas is the star of that movie. You're excited. Do you feel these nipples? Do you feel That's these nipples? Exactly. <laughs> what is it? Exactly. It's the greatest line in cinema history. Absolutely. So, so yeah, just you know, back back in the day, like when we used to have just these classic names before corporations and everything. You know, my friends and I we still call it Joe Robbie, even though that's sure. called Joe Robbie in like thirty something years. But it just, you know, it it's something that I miss. That you know, you'd look at and it would the the theme of the stadium would kind of go along with the theme of the team. But now it's just all corporate, and right. it, it just kind of takes away. Like you know, when you were a kid, like when I was a kid, I would go to Laker games at the Western Forum. Yeah. And you, you knew all the stadiums, you knew all the arenas. You're exactly right, and Martin, appreciate the call. I mean, as a White Sox fan, and it hasn't been Comiskey Park since pff, 2000 or 1999, and uh, White Sox fans will still call it Old Comiskey. It's had two different corporate sponsors since then. Joe Robbie Stadium's had eight different corporate sponsors since it was Joe Robbie Stadium. But you, I used to know all the names of stadiums, all of them. And then you can't keep track anymore. Mm-mm. You can't keep track of – and I understand the business. I get the business and having a corporate partner on it, a corporate sponsor on it. But also, there was something affectionate about knowing what the arena was called. And it always being that, a good call. that not changing. That is a really, really good one. What is dying or has died in sports? What about – Neither of you were old enough to remember this. Maybe you, Jeanette. Fox had the glowing puck when they had the NHL. No, I This was short-lived. This was two years. They had a sensor in the puck that the camera would pick it up, and it would glow blue so you could see it on the ice, even if it was in the corners. And then when when uh, when there was a slap shot, it would turn red, and there would be a tail behind it. And it was panned. People killed it. Ah, it's ruining the sanctity of the sport. But for me... The, t- the young TV viewer, I thought the glowing puck was brilliant. I watched <laughs> hockey on Saturday afternoons as a 10-year-old because I could see the glowing puck. I thought it was brilliant. Now, it is brilliant because 50% of people watching have no idea if it where the, the puck, puck is. If the puck went in the net. You had to right. wait for the crowd to go crazy. and yep. it's grrr. The sound effects and everything. Yeah, so I'll bring that back. I've never seen it. The glowing puck was awesome. There's a whole bunch of YouTube video of it. You should uh, look it up in the breakstone, and I think you'll get a kick out of it. Joe! is in Jupiter. Joe is on Ken Levick Alive. Hey, Joe. Hey, guys. First of all, thank you for once again taking me down um, memory lane. And <laughs> once again, this is going to show show my age once again, but that's <laughs> what your show does sometimes, and I really enjoy it. Yeah, I'm going to go with two major sports. I will quickly go on Major League Baseball. I'm, <clears throat> this is going to show my age. I still remember when uh, Robert Ventura got waylaid by yep. uh, uh, Nolan Ryan. I was a little kid at the time, but I still remember watching that and how fun that was to watch i don't want anybody to get hurt but that was that was magical you don't see that anymore <laughs> now but, that's uh, what stone's I, pining for stone wants more violence like that skull punching yeah <laughs> that was pretty rough for, especially for ventura yep uh, and then uh, of course go back to the nfl and i'm going to tell you two of my most favorite players i've ever watched in my life um of course one of them you're not going to be no, no surprise it's going to be emmett smith and the traditional running style of traditional running backs yeah. and Barry Sanders. I don't think we'll ever see 
First of all, he's the all-time leading rusher, and then Barry Sanders probably would have been if he didn't retire early. But that style where they get 25 to 30 carries, 200 yards, I still remember when Emmett Smith played the second half with a separated shoulder in the rain up in Philadelphia and still got almost 200 yards. You yeah. just don't see that anymore. And, um, you know, any, anybody that has a little ding, you know, they're out the rest of the game. You yeah. just don't see that toughness. And then Barry Sanders – you just couldn't catch him. Period. You and know? you so, don't see the I franchise and appreciate it, Joe. We don't we, we don't see the franchise running back. Period. Anymore. Yeah, being a three down back now is super rare. Yeah, Travis Henry is really right now the only example of the franchise running back. Right? Did I say Travis Henry? You did. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> you did. You totally did. Uh, why did I? I did that a couple of weeks ago too. Travis Henry, former Bills <laughs> running back. I don't know why. I Derek did that. Henry is the, the three Henry. down back. And it has to do with pass catching now. you got to be able to come in on third and eight and have a smaller guy in there who can quick cut and catch the ball and try to get your first down if you need to check it down. And Derrick Henry can't. I mean, he can, but that's why he's the third down back. Why did I do Travis Henry again? He went to Tennessee, right, Travis Henry? Did you check on that real quick? You better hope you're right. Travis, right Henry, Travis Henry, Tennessee, former Tennessee running back. Not Tennessee Titans. I mean University of Tennessee. Um, uh, and also yesterday, a mistake I thought I made. We were talking about Hank Goldberg passing. And I was like, after the show, I'm like, man, pretty good show. But then I'm like, wait, when we talked about Hank Goldberg, did I call him former Detroit Tigers great Hank Greenberg? I'm like, oh, my oh God. my gosh. Ken. And I was like panicking. Like, oh, my God. And nobody called me out or caught it. But I listened back, and I called him Hank Goldberg. But I swear to God, because I, I, I did a, a <laughs> segment for a different show after our show yesterday, and I almost called him Hank Greenberg. And then I was like, wait a minute. Did I do that? On the live show? Good Lord. So thank God. I'm an idiot, but it didn't come out yesterday. It came out there. Travis Henry, Tennessee. Travis Henry, Tennessee and the Bills, baby. Ben is in Boynton. Ben's on Ken Levick Alive. I like how I celebrated that. Like, I didn't completely destroy Derrick Henry's name. Congratulations. Like, I just congratulated myself for uh, atoning for guessing where Travis Henry went to college. Sorry, Ben. Ben, you're on Ken Levick Alive. Hey, what's up, guys? How y'all doing Good, man. So um, I have a I have a few um, that I was thinking about things that are either disappearing in sports or you know used to be in sports whatever. Um, so to stay with the theme of violence, right? Because everybody seems to want <laughs> to bring back the uh-huh. violence in all of these yes. sports. Uh-huh. Um, home plate collisions in the MLB, yeah. right? Remember those used to be like yeah. exciting. Yeah. The only exciting violent possible thing in baseball, and they took them out. Yeah, you're exactly right. You're uh, you know I I'm all for protecting. The catcher in that spot, and you've seen some catchers get absolutely blown up. But that was to to watch a baseball game, especially Ben, if you're in person and you see the the runner around third, and you know it's going to be close. Yep. There's always the potential of a body on body explosion at the plate. <laughs> and the the realist in me, the sentimental or the the sympathetic part of me, like I, I want everybody to not get hurt. Okay, but the masochist in me. I wanted to see two guys yep. just absolutely explode into one another. That's a great one. Exactly. Think about, think about. okay, so how many times during a baseball game do you actually jump up out of your seat, right? One is a home run, and the other one is when a guy's rounding third, and you think there may be yep. a mind-blowing collision about to occur. <laughs> yes. Everything else is like, all right, I'm just sitting in my seat for three hours. And there's a respect for the runner because he's about to bowl into a guy who has a whole bunch of equipment on, and those shin guards are not soft. Or in any way, shape, or form, and especially if the catcher still has his mask on, then it, you're going to be right. throwing a uh, a forearm into into hard plastic. Appreciate the call. Yeah, 
I missed the collision of the plate. I understand why it disappeared. Doesn't mean that I can't miss it. 100%. It just doesn't make sense to me why we let 300-pound men, or guys like Derrick Henry and Travis Henry, and just, Travis run Henry for and that matter. just run full <laughs> speed into people, and we don't get a home plate collision. It's a really good call from Ben there. Uh, have you looked up the glowing puck yet? Oh, I have not. You I'm should not. do that. I should do. Yeah, yeah, look up the glowing puck. Tell me what you think, because the hockey purist hates it. Ken Levicka loves it. Woo! Leo's in Riviera Beach. Leo's on Ken Levicka Live. Hi, Leo. Hey, guys. Thanks for taking my call. Happy hump day. Um, I think that just real quick, the, the hockey, the Comet Tail thing was the best thing. I can remember it vividly watching the Panthers play against the Avalanche and, and all of them in the playoffs, blah, blah, blah. Like, yeah. I can vividly remember. I was like, oh, I can see the puck finally. You know, Leo, here's <laughs> what I think. I think it was before it's time because now in the NFL, you have the red zone that pops up on your TV. Love You've it. had the yellow line. Uh, in baseball, pitch by pitch, you have the strike zone graphic, all of that. If it was introduced now, I think it would have been accepted a lot more than when it was debuted in the 90s. Oh, most definitely, because you want to see like that. They had that goal in the Stanley Cup Finals that they didn't even know that they scored until right. like four seconds later. Right. You would have known that with the Comet. But as for the, as for the collisions, real quick, the Marlins went to the World Series because Pudge got ran yeah. into, and he held up that ball, and he said, I got the ball. Yeah. I'll never forget that. JT Snow, head of Pudge, yeah. being so excited that he got that he held onto the ball, and it took us to the World Series. That was the clinching then, game of the NLDS, and JT oh, Snow pulled into him, and Pudge hung on, and they went to the uh, the NLCS from there. And yeah, you're right. Like that was the iconic play of that postseason. Well, that and Bartman, but you know what? I, you know what I mean. Dang, it went mute. <laughs> nah, that ended quickly. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. That's right. <laughs> That, uh, and I, I want to remind everybody that I'm a White Sox fan. The greatest sports moment of my life was when the White Sox won the World Series in 2005. But up until that point, my greatest sports moment in my life was Steve Bartman torpedoing the Cubs. Am I petty? Yep. You bet. Ken Levick alive here on ESPN 106.3. Hey, are you experiencing foot and ankle pain? Need to see an expert in the field? Well, Baptist Health Orthopedic Care is a team of foot and ankle orthopedic surgeons and specialists who are regarded as leaders in their specialty. Visit baptisthealth.net slash orthocare to learn more today. Baptist Health Orthopedic Care combines its resources of experienced physicians and leading-edge treatments and technology to provide advanced orthopedic foot and ankle joint replacement, spine and sports medicine care. Visit baptisthealth.net slash orthocare for more information today. Baptist Health Orthopedic Care has offices conveniently located in Palm Beach County through the Florida Keys. Learn more by visiting baptisthealth.net slash orthocare. She's Jeanette Javier. I'm Ken Levicka. I'm live on ESPN 106.3. <laughs> From the Anajar and Levine Studios in downtown West Palm Beach, you are listening to Ken LaVica Live on ESPN 106.3. Hey, it's National Kissing Day, as Jeanette pointed out to us in the break. So do with that what you will. I don't know. Are, are people still kissing randos like they did pre-pandemic? You mean like at bars? Oops. Just like wherever you would just Fun. make out with somebody. Is that still a thing, or are people more cautious yes. in COVID times? Definitely a thing. I feel no, like... No, I know. I'm not saying it completely like, shut down. I just wonder if you you have a, a bit of pause before you go in tongue first. On the complete opposite, I feel like the hounds were released after we all became free <laughs> from the pandemic. There was a pressure built up, and it was just a cascade of tongues. Everywhere. 
So all right, well no. that answers that. All right, our 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 makeout insider Jeanette Javier, like, our rando makeout insider Jeanette. And I don't do this personally, but there's this new thing on TikTok oh, where God. like people are like spitting in each other's mouths right now. <laughs> have Have you seen those kind of TikToks? Uh, I've no. yet I've yet to stumble across one of those. No, and well, I, I, maybe sure I'm looking on TikTok? some weird thing. Now I was gonna say, are you sure that's TikTok? Definitely TikTok. <laughs> or did, have you just landed somewhere in the recesses of the internet? Mm-hmm. No, uh, it's TikTok. I mean, I everybody has this. their thing. Everybody has their thing. I'm not going to judge it. I'm just saying in these times, being a part of the spit in my friend's mouth trend probably is something I'd avoid. I. That's just me. Me. That's. That, I, I've seen some things. I've lived a little bit. That's just me. Wait another four years until the monkeypox and COVID finally like dissipates. And then you can go to spitting in your friend's mouth. Okay, I'll wait. I just don't want to see that video. I don't want to see that trend. I don't want it. Now that they're hearing us talk about it, it's going to come in the algorithm, and it's going to come in my timeline, and I'm not ready for it. <laughs> You're welcome. Big Brother is already teeing it up on uh, on Stone's various timelines. Anytime you hear there's this new trend on TikTok, I shudder because I know something that's going to annoy the all-living hell out of me is coming out of somebody's mouth, and sure enough, <laughs> that did it. Ta-da! That did it. I have now, speaking of Twitter and speaking of timelines, over the last uh, probably four hours, I have seen two separate videos of fans being really annoying to pros. Jason Tatum was at a music festival, apparently over the weekend, and a fan typed up on his phone. You know how you have that app that will scroll yeah, well, a message across, whatever. Snapchat. Or is, Oh, is that what that is? Snapchat? Yeah, they just take a picture of a black, oh, okay. you know, and yeah. then write on it. So so he wrote, uh, Steph Curry is my daddy, and and held it up for Jason Tatum to read at this music festival. Oh, I'm going viral. I'm going viral. Steph Curry is my daddy. And then on TikTok, just a couple, in this break, D. Rose is at some fast food joint. He's in the drive-thru, and the the woman who's working the window is like, it's D. Rose. What's up, D-Rose? What's up? Just like zooming the camera in and out and like taking selfies with him. And he's just sitting there like waiting for his order. <laughs> burger and fries. Uh, yeah, like the dude just wants to eat. He wants a double quarter pounder and he wants to get out of there. And she won't stop shooting video of him. Like what? I get being excited in the, in the, the woman's case. But aren't there some boundaries? Like just... Can't you treat these people like actual human beings? And I don't know if I'm jaded because, and here we go, I'm about to say something. People are going to be like, oh, there's Ken. Hold the fist up. Sports Ken, who's going who's gonna to talk about all the things he's done in his career. I promise you I'm not trying to be braggart here, okay? But I've been in a lot of NFL locker rooms. I've covered the Dolphins for years and years and years and years and years. And I think that when you're in that world and you cover pro sports, the specialness of being alongside these larger-than-life figures really sort of disappears. They're just guys or women doing a job. Yeah. You know, you're covering them. They become human. I get where if you're working the drive through window somewhere, it's exciting to see D-Rose, but you also, you can, you can get your fix without going overboard and like squealing and going crazy but I think the Jason Tatum thing where this dude, and Jason Tatum's up on like a platform, okay? This dude's in the crowd showing him the Steph Curry is your daddy phone uh, message. Yeah. I guarantee you he's not doing that if Jason Tatum is standing in the same vicinity. 
as him. I think it's hilarious no matter what. I think that guy has humor to it. Uh, I think it's, it's not, bro behavior. It's bro behavior, and it's not even a good dig in the first place. Do you remember when? Yeah. Ken, I like it. Do you remember when Joseph Nurkic just was this season in the NBA, and his I think his mother or his grandmother actually died of COVID, and the guy put the phone in his face when he was walking off the court and said something about you said now because COVID you're weak, and then ended up saying something about his grandmother, and Nurkic took his phone and th- bounced it on the ground on the court, like on the side, just like went full smash mode. Went full smash mode on this kid's phone, and they ended up getting fined like ten thousand, fifteen thousand dollars. He ended up getting fined. Nurkic did, yeah. Oh my, that's terrible. I'm just curious how how fans, and I'm not saying there's a right way. Well, I'm saying there's a wrong way, like going up and starting to hug people and like, oh my god, oh my god, like that's the wrong way. Okay, for sure, do not. <laughs> that's touch the wrong way. Anybody. Yeah, just don't do that. Um, but I'm curious how how those listening right now have handled personal encounters with sports stars. Because me, I don't get autographs. I don't ask for pictures. I'll acknowledge or say hello if they're even close to making eye contact. <laughs> but I I don't know. I, maybe it's because I'm a, a, a P word and I don't even, you know, it doesn't do anything for me. But I don't, I hate the thought that I'd be bothering this person. I'm sure they get it enough. Me, the job I do, I should know better than to be like, hey, can I have a picture? Can I get, Can I do this? Can I do this? Could I just let them live? But that's me. I understand people getting excited. Like, what about you, Jeanette? I, I know you've run into professional athletes. You interned for the Magic. Mm-hmm. You worked for the PGA Tour. Now, Working for the PGA Tour, you probably, like, there was a protocol. You absolutely do not approach players, pros, absolutely for any not. sort of anything with that. You are not allowed. The only time you're allowed to take a, pictures of the athlete, and that's not even with you in it, is in a very specific area during tournaments. Mm-hmm. Don't even think about approaching anybody yeah. um, when you're working or when you're on the ground. If you wanted to get a picture with a, with a golfer... You'd have to talk to your boy, be like, hey, grab a candid picture of me while I'm talking to Tiger Woods sure. or when I'm talking to anybody. <laughs> That's the only time you would get a picture with a golfer. How do you handle running in to pro athletes? How do you handle running into pro athletes? 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. How do you handle running into pro athletes? Do you ask for a picture? Do you ask for an autograph? Do you try and shake their hand? Do you just let them walk by and you ogle from a distance? Like, I don't know. I just, I would prefer to leave that person alone. But that's just me. And I think I'm probably in the minority. And here's what holds me up, though, too. A 38-year-old guy, Okay. How lame does it look if I'm fanboying and trying to get a picture with some 24, 25-year-old athlete? Like, this is the thing. Most of these athletes are not only younger than me now at this point in my life, but significantly younger than me at this point in my life. And I feel like that's a little bit off-putting. Yeah, some of my favorite videos ever are are baseball players when they walk over to the the netting and the fence and they're getting autographs and the grown-ass man is asking for an autograph, and yeah. he just skips right by and goes to the little kid next to him. That's always run me the wrong way. The grown-ass man who's asking for the autograph at the fence uh, or at the barrier at a, at a ballpark. That happens during spring training all the time. You see yeah. all the kids lined up, and you see these... What gears me is when you see these dads with these pictures 
of everything to be autographed by the players and then they hand them to the daughters or they hand them to their sons mm -hmm. for them to get autographed. It's wild. Yeah, it's one thing for a, for a grown-up to be there overseeing the proceedings, but you're right. The, the portfolio of things for the athlete to sign, you know that's not the kid. You know that's for resale purposes. For sure. You know that's for, for sure. personal purposes for that that grown up. Um, for but again, I'm not trying to judge. I'm just talking about like what my affinity is when situations like this arise. And I was put off by poor D Rose at the drive-through, just sitting there as this girl squeals and zooms in on him and takes selfies with him on TikTok. He knows. I'm sure he knows that he's on TikTok against his will in that spot. He, of course, knows it. And then you've got this bro at this music festival trash-talking Jason Tatum. And Jason Tatum, like, he's a good-natured person. So he just kind of smiles and takes it. But, bro, go to your finance job and shut up. Yeah. Like, Jason Tatum doesn't want to hear from you. He doesn't care about your existence, Okay. <laughs> Yeah, I think with most athletes being younger, like you mentioned, you got to speak their lingo. You got to talk the way they talk, talk about the things that they no, like. like no, you no, gotta, no, uh, no, This no. is good. No, I want. I want no, Stone no, to play this no. shot. I mean, I've never failed. No, coming in, come, I've, I've, I've never failed in, in scenarios like this right, where somebody is a lot bigger. Phony. Uh, Jeanette, here's what's gonna happen. You phony. I, I mean, I've, I'm undefeated. Let's undefeated. Let's play Ken Levick alive theater for a moment here. I'm gonna be Baker Mayfield. Okay. Oh, no, gosh. see, I don't. I'm gonna come be on. Baker Mayfield. Too much pressure. Hey, no, 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 we're gonna play this out. So Stone, you're gonna be you. Oh, I okay? hate this. You're gonna be you, and and we'll start this. With with me making eye contact with you, and you say, hey, what's up, man? And then we'll go from there, okay? I want to hear the lingo. You speaking Baker Mayfield's lingo. I'll be Baker <laughs> Mayfield, please, okay? Please use the word lettuce. Yeah. That's a nice head of lettuce yeah. you got. Uh, <laughs> but, but what is, just to start a conversation, <laughs> that was real mature. Just to start a conversation <laughs> with Baker Mayfield, what would what would that lingo sound like? Here we go. Ken Levicka Live Theater and scene. What's good, bro? What you doing down down here in West Palm Beach? Hey, man, uh, just uh, just just on vacation. Well, yeah, where are you staying? Uh, hotel. Where, I dude? You're down in you're down in uh, my territory. We've never seen you down here in Florida before. Uh, bro, I'm at the uh, Marriott. I think you're the best quarterback I've ever seen, man. Can I get an autograph? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. Well, he I'm came not, on strong. That's the thing. Stone came on strong. I thought he was going to be like, hey, what's up, man? But no, he, he this guy don't. This guy don't want to talk to me. But if you're like, oh, I'm staying at the Breakers, I'm like, oh, yeah, man, I know a spot where I can go here. Go here. You can play golf here. You can do this here. All right. Not, not, not any All of that. Right. that. So you're trying to be man of the area. You want to help them. That's speaking their lingo is you're going to try and enrich their experience. Yeah, because why the hell is he down here? He's on vacation. He's looking to play golf most likely. He's going to drink a few beers. For me, that I... was a little bit underwhelming. I'm just gonna say. Yeah, I, definitely. I, I felt the pressure big time there. I mean, you I wasn't disappointed. Ready. I, I wasn't, you did not deliver. I was not ready to talk to Baker Mayfield. <laughs> yeah, he's sitting right in front of you. So I either am really excited or I do not want to talk to them because I think they are the most entitled humans ever. Uh -oh. I love it. I love it. I love this scenario. I love the situation. How? I like, but what if they're not? Then prove it. Like, how how are you, if you're not entitled, like, you they're, not, they're more so expecting like, you're going to be annoying to them. No, I just pretend like they don't exist. Like, I have a question for you. That I'll works. ask they you a question. That. That's probably what they want. That's so. what I would want. Unless, like, I feel like it, if I were to meet Charles Barkley, then I would probably be starstruck and be like, hey, hi. I feel like that's Hola. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my, my dog's named after you. Can I get an autograph? 
<laughs> how do you no, handle? No. <laughs> Don't how, do that one. How do you handle interactions with pro athletes? Because I tend to just leave them alone. Jeanette just tends to leave them alone unless it's Charles Barkley. Stone tries to speak their lingo in his words. 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. Real quickly, real quickly, let's take Jerry in West Palm. What's up, Jerry? Hey, what's going on, team? What's going on, bud? Um, hey, we're the most annoying thing to me is we keep driving celebrities um, for autographs. I used to drive limousine in D.C., mm-hmm. and I'm telling you, I've had so many um, celebrities in my car. Not once I've ever asked them for autographs yeah. or pictures. They're just people like us, man. Yep. You know. Yep. Uh, if, if they want to talk when they get in my car, I talk. If they don't want to talk, I mean, I just let them alone, you know? See, and that's a good time to take. Like, I think that's good because you have a job to do. You're doing your job, and uh, you're right. I think that's the best way to go about it because you know they're getting that almost every other aspect of their life, and that's just you kind of getting it. Like, I think that's what it comes down to is that you just kind of get it and appreciate the call. It's like me. When I get into an Uber, like, if I feel like talking, I'll talk. And most Uber drivers just let me be a star. And 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 keep to myself. Oh, yeah, baby. Get out of here. <laughs> She's Jeanette Javier. I'm Ken Levick. I'm live on ESPN 106.3.